This podcast is supported by Red Energy, powered by the mighty Snowy Hydro, a leader in renewable energy. Red is 100% Australian owned and local. Phone 131 806. Oh, she's done it. Brilliantly executed. Incredible stuff. The whole family are watching on in anticipation. And yes, there's the final nail in the chicken coop. Dad's been promising to build for a decade. And don't the kids just love it? Coming in for the final turn. He's gone to the left, a little bit to the right. Dodged the hills hoist. Grass clippings flying in his wake. Precision mowing doesn't get any better than that. They've really set their sights high for this one. A pizza oven, water feature and a new deck all by the end of lockdown but is it too much too soon only time will tell he's a do-it-yourself legend in the making welcome to the sport of gardening for cyclone tools built to last a lifetime trojan tools built tough only at bunnings warehouse and red energy owned by snowy hydro a renewable energy leader here's your host dale vine and jay neal And it's great to have you with us on The Sport of Gardening, whether you're listening via podcast or right around Australia on SEN Track on a Sunday morning. And I'm Jane Neild with Dale Vine. Hello, Dale. Welcome back. Morning, Jane. (laughs) Yes, I'm fresh as a daisy today. Well, it feels like we've got that little spring in our step where, Mm. of course, this show, you know, came about during COVID-19 lockdown when there was barely any sport. I'm not a massive NRL fan, but... It's back. And hey, I'll watch anything they give me at the moment, I'll tell you. <laughs> well, there is rumours that people have literally watched any kind of sport in the world, you know, random Bolivian table tennis teams and that. But look, sport is coming back gradually. Plenty of racing happening uh, still around the country as well. How's life been for you, Dal? I mean, your kids are younger than school age. For for me, it's been like a, a really nice thing to say, school's back in yeah. Victoria, where, of course, we, for probably the longest of any states, had no school for quite some time. And to just realise that, OK, family life might almost get back to slightly normal now. Our eldest is still at kinder for this year. So, yeah, he's, he's there three days a week now, which is um, still a lot of pressure off Sophie having one less kid in the house. Um, so, no, it's it's great. It's um, back to norm almost for our daily sort of routine of running kids here and there. So it's good. Now, you're a bit of a Mr. Mum, aren't you? That's probably really... Um, no, you know. I think most blokes are these days. <laughs> I know. I was just going to say that's probably not the, the best way to say yeah. it. But I uh, tried to call you the other night and you're like, oh, I'm in the middle of dinner. I've got yeah. to do the kids. So what, landscaping all day and then taking over doing the uh, the tough end of the day? Yeah, so it gets, I mean, it gets to that... Um Four four thirty mark, and uh, if I'm not home by four thirty, I'm getting a text message or a phone call from Sophie <laughs> saying you can't be too far away, can you? And then uh, yeah, by the time I get home, she's she's absolutely spent most days anyway, which you can't blame her. So um, yeah, from about four four thirty onwards to um, you know bed and bath, I'm the man in the house that uh, cooks and cleans and uh, gets their jammies ready and all the rest of it. So I enjoy it actually. It sort of keeps me busy, and you know by the time I go to bed though, I'm stuffed. Yeah, <laughs> And do you think that's something about perhaps the landscaping industry where, you know, you work for yourself, like you can pretty much call the shots. Is that something that appeals to you about having your own business? I think so, yeah. I think that's probably one of the main reasons I still run my own business is the flexible hours. If something's really required of me at home, if we've got an appointment for one of the kids or um, or anything to do with a, a drop-off or pick-up, I, I don't have to plead to a boss to say, can I... You know, mm. go and pick up the kid at three o'clock, um, 
twice a week or something, I can just go and do it. So, yeah, it does offer a lot more flexibility, which is probably why I still do it, and I love it. Now, you're on the surf coast. How do you cope when winter hits as landscapers, when you're outdoors doing jobs? It must be your least favourite time of the year, surely. Oh, look, it's brutal. Winter's brutal. (laughs) Brutal. Winter in Victoria is just brutal for any outdoor trade. But, um, yeah, no, it's not enjoyable. It makes a lot of jobs harder. It it makes the morning a lot slower as well. You sort of... You've got to allow your body and your hands and your feet to warm up a lot longer than they do in a summer or spring morning. So, um, But, yeah, you just don't want to touch anything that's going to be freezing like a crowbar that's steel, you know, when it's one of those cold mornings and you're breathing steam like a dragon as soon as you get out of your car. So, yeah, you can see a lot of tradies sort of sit in their car for that extra five minutes just with a heater pumping before they actually brave the conditions and get out there. So, Oh, that might be a little idea for our friends at uh, Cyclone and Trojan Tools. Maybe they could invent a little electric blanket for your toolkit. <laughs> yeah, well, there is jackets out there that people have little batteries in and, and they provide heat, so it's it's on the agenda for those mobs. I have seen those jackets. I could not believe you can get a self-heating mm. jacket. But if I was doing your job, definitely would be checking those out. And uh, look, a big hello to our listeners up in Atherton and up north further, Gosford and some of those stations with SEN Track who are probably sitting there on about 24, 25 degrees, looking at their beautiful tropical gardens and thinking, suck. No, I don't want to know anything about them, those people. Hey, today on the show, of course, Dale's going to do another tool review for us. We're going to answer a listener question. And we are also going to tackle the weeds head on. My garden has just gone bonkers with weeds. How's yours looking, Dale? Um, Dale, do you keep up with the weeding at your place? Oh, look, I keep up with them in the actual um, veggie beds. But around, uh, there's just grass and all sorts of things growing where we're walking around them. So, no, it's it's too hard to keep up with them at the moment, Jane. (laughs) Too much sun and too much rain. Exactly. Especially in the the southern states, we have had such incredible weather where it has been warm and wet. The weeds are booming. But Dave Mark from Enviro Steam Weeding is going to join us and tell us about an option that is well and truly more environmentally friendly than uh, heading to the hardware and getting yourself a pump pack of some sort of nasty chemicals. Are you in favour of the whole organic gardening thing? Oh, definitely. Um, I think it's it's a movement at the moment, Jane. People are getting more and more conscious of spraying chemicals and and Dave's new business is uh, the way to go for the future. Well, now it's time to check in with someone who has been in, well, relative isolation for the last uh, couple of months. But we're all starting to come out of that now. But we do like to check in with people, be they AFL players, be they commentators or even, you know, people in the wider sporting industry. And today, Nigel Lappin. Here's just a reminder about his career. Lappin, get in. Oh, that's got to be Huddo Anthony Hudson there calling some of the magical moments in Nigel Evans' career. Of course, he is a great of the Brisbane Lions, 279 games for that club, Hall of Famer, couple of premierships under his belt and now currently coaching at Geelong. Thank you so much for joining us, Nigel. Jane Dale, it's a pleasure. Thanks for having me. 
Now, Jane, Nigel's actually, uh, his wife and my wife are cousins, first cousins. Um, their old men are brothers. That's the easiest way to probably Family say connection. it's hard when you try and, uh, <laughs> it's hard when you start trying to say who's what and when, how it all works. But anyway, uh, Claire and Sophie are cousins and, and Nigel's actually helped me out a couple of times um, on their grandparents' place down in Anglesey. Uh, he was digging holes like he was kicking goals down there that day and uh, you, you went pretty well, Nigel. I reckon uh, a bit of building and DIYs must be in your blood there somewhere. Yeah, I do enjoy it, mate. I grew up in the country, so I spent uh, a lot of winter weekends uh, on the Sundays post footy just uh, going out collecting firewood with the old man and, and learning some sort of work ethic. So I always enjoy being outdoors as well, mate. So I, I love getting in the garden when I can. Yeah, very good. I heard a rumour that there are not one but like multiple members of the Lappin family who are actually in the Chilton uh, Club Hall of Fame. Or you know, you guys obviously had a pretty big family footy culture where you grew up. We certainly did. So uh, my grandfather um, had a, a few brothers that all had children that ended up playing in the same grand final teams together. So in two of the grand finals at Chilton. Um, there were 11 Lappins playing oh in the team. So, <laughs> so three different cousins, so sets of cousins. And um, there were two people. One was a runner and another one was one of the trainers. So there were 13 um, involved in a couple of premierships. So it's a pretty uh, funny picture when you go back and look in the club rooms at children. Yeah, I reckon. <laughs> the, the opposition team that week, you were just saying we're playing the Lappins this week, aren't we? <laughs> Yeah, I think that's pretty much what everyone thought. And and actually, the, the other players in the team, what makes it even funnier, were there were uh, four other players in the team that were related by marriage as well, two sisters ah. of, of those Lappins. So that was a, that was a classic. Yeah, there you go. So it's a no-brainer that you would become a professional footballer. Do you remember having pressure on you to do that? Or was it just something you absolutely loved and you realised you could do it at a very high level? Yeah. Um, my family all set really high standards, Um so they, they drove those standards with us as kids. But at the same time, we had a lot of fun and there was a lot of love. So didn't really feel like there was a lot of pressure. Maybe maybe um, felt a little bit of external pressure, just wanting to... Um, it was more just wanting to be um, as good as you could at football to make your family proud. But no, they're all very supportive and, and still are to this day. Now, it definitely makes it a lot easier. And, and people get a lot further, Jane, when they have a passion for what they're doing as well, which you know in gardening as well, Jane. So... Mm-hmm. What's been the, some of the DIY um, projects that you might have tackled um, around your joint there, maybe with the girls in tow, um, whilst you've been in isolation? Have you, have you tackled any jobs? Yeah, I have, mate. I've had a few. So um, I've had a just an old um, fire pit that I've had um, just as a, I've been using as a pop plant and I actually put that into the backyard. So it's just got a fair bit of crushed rock and, and I've got a couple of old sort of wharf beams made into a couple of seats and and just made a, a nice sort of fire pit in the backyard where the girls spent a couple of nights just with, they got the tent out actually. Oh, um, cool. Just early in isolation and, and sort of slept outside and toasted their marshmallows in. So I really enjoyed that. I did, um, I put a new sort of silver birch of a feature tree in the front yard with a nice, um, uh, I had a, a bit of core tent sort of steel um, just cut into a sort of a big sort of round shape and yep. just made a feature garden and put the silver birch, the weeping silver birch in. So I really enjoyed doing that. That took up a few days. Jeez, and then, you're on trend, mate. I tell you, that's uh, that's in half the designs I'm bloody executing at the moment yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah. I'd had a few put in my backyard about five or six years ago. I always wanted to do a really big one in the front yard um, and just put a feature tree in. We've got a quite large front lawn that 
um, doesn't get used that much because it's in the western sun in the in the summer, so we don't yep. tend to get out there a lot. We'd get out there a bit in the winter. The girls like to fly out there, but. And then, mate, I did a uh, one of my favourite projects over the over a little bit of time that we had off was um, I bought a herringbone sort of stencil and stenciled all my um, my garden path with some paint. So that oh, came cool. up really good. I, I enjoyed doing that. It was hard work, but but yeah. Enjoyed. Where where did you get the stencil from? Oh, I ordered it online. It was uh, just uh, it's somewhere. Just a, I tried to source one in Australia, but the one that I got would end up being. Uh, I wanted to get the biggest one I could get to to um, make the least amount of work that I could. Um, and I ended up sourcing it from a place called Royal Design. So um, yeah, cool. And what do you just spray it on with cans or? Well, I had to use. Um, you can you can use a roller, but I tended to put too much paint when I was using the roller, yeah. so I just got it like a, a flat round brush um, and just sort of dabbed, dabbed it. it on. Yep. So, yeah, it took it took a long time to do, but the result was come out really good. Really happy with it. So yeah. hang on, Nigel. This is what just boring old concrete that you can use a stencil yep. on, and now it looks like what? Herringbone um, paving. But, yeah. <gasps> Yes, it does. Yeah. So wow, which would up. cost you a fortune to lay because it's such an intricate. Yeah, especially lots in the pattern. Yep. Yeah. Well, Jane, I've tried to get Dale around a few times. Oh, to do, don't to do lie. The, do the laying of that, and he's, he's way too expensive. So. <laughs> Oh, no, so many kidding. lies! I'm just kidding. I would love to get. I'd love to get Dale over the house to help me out with a couple of things, actually. So Absolutely, it's in mate, the pipeline yeah. at some point. Yeah, hey, just... as long as you can organise those corporate box tickets to the footy when things are back <laughs> and we finally got crowds, I'm sure he'll do a quid pro quo. <laughs> I'll make it. I'll make a deal. I'll do that as long as he brings you with him. So. Okay. Yeah, Jane. Jane will be herring boning everything for you. The um, have who, you got a light? Follow, Jane. Oh, look, I, I'm meant to be a North Melbourne supporter now for my partner, but I'm an Adelaide girl by trade. So uh, the old yeah. ruse haven't given me much joy for the last eight years. <laughs> so I'll, I'll kind of jump on any bandwagon, really. <laughs> okay, no worries. Sounds good. <laughs> hey, did you put a light underneath your weeping uh, birch tree, mate? No, I haven't, but it's a, it's a really good idea. Yeah. Um, so currently, um, I'm not sure whether I've done something wrong, though. Maybe you can tell me, but, and maybe this is supposed to happen through... Um, through autumn, but if, if um, it's a lot of my leaves falling have, off. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, leaves have come off. So um, <laughs> maybe nah. maybe I'll do that um, in spring when they start to start to come back. Well, nah, well, that's the beauty of the birch because the the trunk of them's such a spectacular sight anyway. Once they mature a little bit and they get that nice white look, and so do some of the branches. You can um, shine a light up on there even through the winter when they're bare, and they still look like a a real sort of architectural um, you know attraction. All right. Well, you've just you've just created another project for me yeah, to do, mate. I hope Claire, Claire's not listening, and I don't have to do it this weekend. But and, and make sure you I'll get an electrician. No, nah, it's all low voltage. You just got to oh, plug. Really? Yeah, just plug it into a um, a power outlet on the outside of your house, and just run all the sort of wires underground, and then um, just just dig yeah. a little trench, mate. You can do that, and then uh, yeah, it's all just little wires right. you can wire up yourself, so it's easy. Yeah, and if you hit it with a shovel, you're okay, yeah. Yep, yep, all low voltage, so no dramas. Oh, that's a really great tip. I didn't actually know that because a lot of people are using lighting more in their gardens, aren't they, Dale? Yeah, definitely. Hey, uh, Nigel, what do you think the boys missed most about training? And you've had them back for a couple of weeks now. How did they pull up? Were they glad to see each other, of course, with social distancing measures in place? Or there are a few roughies who maybe have indulged a little and not done enough gardening during isolation? Mm. Well, um, firstly, I'll, I'll answer sort of probably backwards to the questions that you just asked. <laughs> um, the guys have come back in great, Nick. Um, we've oh, been really happy with 
how every one of them would come back. We haven't done any testing yet this week. Um, our, our approaches tend to, which is tend to go just a little bit um, slower and, and build and make sure we don't get any injuries, given that it's only sort of a few weeks till we play round one. That's really important. Um, they've all come back in really good nick. Except As for some of their styles. Yeah, yeah, there's a couple of crazy hairstyles, but yeah, a bit of fun. So once once one or two celebs do that, um, you, you know, like it just opens it up to the public and they exactly. tend to jump on, which a couple of our boys have done. Yeah. Um, and they're good, they're good characters, those lads. And then, um, yeah, so the the thing that they miss, obviously, the two things that they miss the most, um, they're all really competitive people, so they miss the competition and they're all, they can't wait to get back and play in a few weeks' time. And obviously what you're alluding to before, Jane, is that that social um, side of things, the connectivity that they have as a group has really got a good um, cohesion and dynamic within our group of players. Um, enjoy playing to get together. They enjoy challenging each other and trying to get better every day. So there's, there's no doubt they've missed that. Um, a lot of the guys are saying, particularly ones that um, went back into state where they were isolated a lot, yeah, they were the guys that were really happy to be back in, in amongst their months. Yeah, it seems like a common theme, Jane. Like we've had a couple of uh, ex-players on the show already with Terry Wallace and um, they say that the camaraderie amongst when in those playing days is a thing that um, makes them miss footy the most. And that's why most of them, like yourself, mate, stay in the game in some form, whether it's commentary or um, coaching as well, just to stay in that sort of bubble of, um, you know, being around the people that they enjoy. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. A lot of us, um, there's probably a few of us that get get um, over 25, 30 years, you get institutionalised as well and, <laughs> and probably don't know anything else and it's hard to get out. No, there's always a, right. you always you a shovel waiting for you at my, at my company, mate, so you can come and jump on whenever you want. Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> and uh, the idea of having to go into a hub or do some sort of a, a situation where it's going to take you away from your family, Nigel, does that concern you? Um, like a lot of people at the start when um, there was a lot of conjecture around it um, being sort of maybe 20 weeks, um, that was um, like a lot of people, there's probably a little bit of um, anxiety around that. But, um, you know, for the short amount of time, like most of the people in the AFL just feel like doing whatever they can to help, um, one, the competition survive, um, and two, get back and thrive. So, um I think most of the clubs will embrace it. Um, you've got to have, to be successful um, in any sporting field, in, in fact, in any business, you've got to have um, some flexibility and adaptability about you, and we pride ourselves on that as a footy club. So whatever gets thrown at us, we won't shy away from the challenge. We won't be making any excuses, and we'll be really looking forward to, to that as a challenge. And we think we've got a list um, together that um, can adapt to those things and be really successful regardless of the situation that we're put in. You're looking top five this year? Cats are always um, oh, looking we... top five, Jane. They, they, they never go away. Yeah, obviously finishing top four um, every year just gives you the, the double chance and, and makes it a little bit easier. So we'll be doing our best to finish as high as we can. Um, and hopefully we can we can start the season in a few weeks on a, on a positive note. Well, thank you so much for your time, Nigel. And I'm looking forward to you know hearing a tale of you and Dale sitting around the brand new fire pit, mm-hmm. admiring all the hard work that you've done in the garden with the landscaping while being in COVID-19 lockdown. Good luck with the season ahead. However, it's going to turn out. It's going to be a strange one, but good luck.
Thanks, guys. It sounds like I might have to get Dale over to sort out those lights for me as well. So. <laughs> Absolutely, mate. You got the number, so text it through. Nigel Lappin there, of course, a great of the Brisbane Lions and now coaching at Geelong. You're on the Sport of Gardening. I'm Jane Neild and Dale Vine is with us. Dale, the book has been doing great guns recently. I am talking about Dale Vine's Outdoor Reno Guide, Transform Your Garden on Any Budget. Have you had to sign any copies yet, Dale? Actually, Jane, it's funny you say that because... <laughs> Because I um, did go down to my local bookshop, which is Dimmick's out there in Warm Ponds, and uh, they invited me in one day, gave me a coffee, and I sat there and signed about 20-odd books. And, uh, yeah, they, they were great. They put a little sticker on the cover to say that it was a, a special signed copy. So if you're in the Geelong region, you can probably still pop in and hopefully grab one of those ones. <laughs> and if you'd like to ask Dale a question, he's going to answer another one very shortly on the show. You can head to his Instagram, D, or you can send us an email, feedback at sportofgardening.com.au. And we are here thanks to Red. Energy. They're owned by Snowy Hydro, a renewable energy leader, and thanks to Cyclone Tools, built to last a lifetime, and Trojan Tools, built tough, available at Bunnings Warehouse. If you've got a weed issue in your garden, don't go anywhere. We might have a really environmentally friendly product or a service for you to check out very soon. Up next, Dale's Tool Review. You're listening to the sport of gardening for Cyclone Tools, built to last a lifetime. Trojan, tools built tough only at Bunnings Warehouse. And Red Energy, owned by Snowy Hydro, a renewable energy leader. Journalism icons Caroline Wilson and Corey Perkin join forces in Don't Shoot the Messenger. I think the AFL could make a huge impact on footy in southern Queensland by this hub they're going to create over the next month or two. I think they might get a bit of a jump on the NRL in Queensland. Sport, food, life, news. Every time I'm now invited to have a quiet, casual drink with a friend or a very small, intimate dinner, I wear my best clothes. Don't Shoot the Messenger podcast. I'm so overdressed, it's not funny. Welcome back to The Sport of Garden with Dale Vine and Jane Neal. And whether you're listening to us via podcast at any time or on a Sunday morning on SEN or right around Australia on SEN Track, thanks for joining us on The Sport of Gardening. Now, our wonderful sponsors at Trojan Tools, Built Tough, available at Bunnings Warehouse, have been uh, getting Dale to do a little bit of tool testing. Dale, you do admit that you love a nice tool. I do love them, Jane, and I, and I love testing them out too, which is you know <laughs> just a bonus that we've got a tool brand as a sponsor. So we've got uh, for you today some pliers. Yep. Now, whenever I go to look for pliers... There's never a set of pliers where you want them, where you need them at the right time. But this little uh, four-pack, three-pack that you've got looks like it could be a very handy addition to the third drawer or the garage. Well, I reckon you've got it right there, Jane. And the fact is you need uh, different pliers for different jobs. So the fact that this comes as a a three-pack set um, with one of each is um, just spot on. And basically what you get is your standard plier, which is your combination plier. That's what everyone will probably picture when they're thinking of pliers. Um, in their head Uh, and they're just great for just grabbing, bending, you know, um, cutting wire and then you've got your needle nose pliers or your long nose pliers which are like a skinnier version and honestly they're probably the handiest plier that I own because I'm using those all the time so if you've got a little area that's tight to get into or you've got to undo something or um, pick something up through a small hole um, these guys are the go-to so uh, super handy and then you've got your little um, precision cutting plier which is your side cutting plier and and they're just um, 
like a, a parrot's beak that are just, um, you know, luckily you've got two handles that you can operate that yourself and uh, use it on whatever you need. So what a great little combo kit and, uh, and something everyone should have in their garage as well. And also the multi-grip pliers. I mean, we've just been talking about the three-piece plier set, but the multi-grip pliers as well. How did you go sort of testing them out? Yeah, the multi-grips are a real handy one because um, they obviously can open up and um, you can grab things of all different um, sizes and girths, which is great because um, all pipes and things aren't the same dimensions. So, uh, yeah, just a really handy one, and and especially somewhere where you can't get in with a... um, a spanner or something else, um, a ratchet set um, are often really good. And I use multi-grip pliers, um, which I always call the monkey grips, for um, for just using uh, clamping my irrigation system clips. Um, they're just the handiest. You can just quickly open them up and um, clip them together really quickly. So, yeah. so if people are listening and they're a little bit new to tool lingo, the multi-grip means you can actually change the size of the grip. Yeah, uh, the size of um, the mouth of it. So, um, yeah, basically uh, allows you to open it up uh, nice and wide and grab something and turn it or you can um, narrow it right down and um, change it to something that's really small. So, yeah, really handy and and just can be done with the one tool, which is great. In your Essendon colours? All in the Bombers colours, which (laughs) honestly, Jay, I know it's only a small thing, but for me it's a a real bonus. So uh, I enjoy getting them out and seeing the the Bombers colours and almost sing the song every time I use a tool, so it's fantastic. (laughs) And once again, we we need to talk grip. This seems to be, I'm sensing a theme here, that there seems to be a, a really great grip on these. You said last week that it felt like they'd actually shaped it around your hand. Yeah, I think they must have actually, Jane. They, they, they must have sent me hand in there at some stage because every one of these tools that I put in my hand feels like it belongs. So I'm a big fan of the Trojan tools and uh, now I'm on them. I'll, uh, I'll be updating all of them, I think. <laughs> well, I'm going to get some because I've got massive man hands. So hopefully, <laughs> hopefully we'll uh, I'm sure they'd equally home. fit nicely in a, in a nice um, dainty female hand as well, Jane. Oh, of course, you can get your Trojan tools at uh, Bunnings Warehouse. Keep an eye out for them. They're in the black and the red. You can't miss them on no, the shelf. they're fantastic and lifetime warranty as well, which is what we're very excited about. So Yeah, absolutely. I think a lot of people these days are moving towards, if you're going to buy something, you'll buy want it forever. the great quality and then you'll have it for a very, it. very long time. You're on the sport of gardening. Still to come, we're going to talk weeding and a list of question for Dale. If you want to get a question in, he might be able to give you a little bit of landscaping advice. Send it to feedback at sportofgardening.com.au on the email or just hit Dale up on Instagram at D. You're listening to the Sport of Gardening for Cyclone Tools built to last a lifetime. Trojan, tools built tough only at Bunnings Warehouse. And Red Energy, owned by Snowy Hydro, a renewable energy leader. That weekly ritual of enjoying the AFL record is something footy fans have loved for over 100 years. And with the AFL record digital edition out now, the tradition continues. As footy fans, we can still get our footy fix even without the games. Enjoy feature articles from the AFL record analysts, regular footy trivia, a dedicated kids section, nostalgia and more. The AFL record digital edition. All thanks to Karcher. Available at sen.com.au and the SEN app. Welcome back to The Sport of Gardening with Dale Vine and Jane Neal. Great to have you with us on The Sport of Gardening. All thanks to Cyclone Tools. All thanks to Cyclone Tools, built to last a lifetime, and Trojan Tools, 
Built Tough, available at Bunnings Warehouse. Well, my dad once said that you shouldn't trust a guy with two first names, which is probably (laughs) something that our next guest has heard just a few thousand times. Dave Mark from Enviro Steam Weeding. Welcome to the Sport of Gardening. Hi, guys. How are you going? Yeah, good, mate. (laughs) Dave Mark, you do get that crack, don't you, about the double first name? Oh, always. Always. It's a (laughs) bit of a running joke. You know, I've always been, even at school, uh, a lot of teachers... Called me Mark. Oh, I think it was just geez. an easier generic Relentless. name than David. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Even though, even though we did um, make a statue of David, so you get that. Hey, are you a sporting fan? I mean, this show basically exists, uh, Dave, because there's not a heck of a lot of sport happening. Are you missing a particular sport in in general? Oh, probably, um, probably AFL. You just used to having a. The AFL being broadcast, and you know, listen and see, see, listen to the scores, and see if your team's winning, and you know, it's just, it's, I think it's part of Australian culture, to be honest. Yeah, we were just talking to Tim Watson uh, on last week's show, and he was saying that um, it's just a weird feeling not having a bit of banter with somebody when you catch up. Usually, there's something to talk about um, with one of the games or a, or a player or something to do with AFL. So, yeah, it is kind of strange just not having any of that to talk about at the moment. So, who do you support, mate? I support um, the Blue Baggers. Oh, yeah. Well, there you go. <laughs> Dell's yeah. keeping tight-lipped as an Essendon supporter, but it could be an interesting uh, end to the 2020 season when footy is finally back. Now, at this time in the year in the garden, Dave, uh, look, weeds, they're a huge issue. I've got a little place in Ballarat. I wasn't able to go there due to lockdown restrictions for about three or four weeks. My goodness, the weeds have gone crazy. We're talking in Melbourne here. We've had warm weather and heaps of rain. Is it just me or is everyone's garden getting out of control at the moment? Uh, yeah, it's definitely not just you. Everyone's garden is absolutely out of control at the moment. And, um, yeah, look, it's it's been pretty strange. We've had some pretty hectic weather. And as you know, over the last few days we've had the storms. And then we get a nice, um, nice sunshine, which brings everything out, you know, Growing again and, you know, thriving. So, yeah, look, it's, it's pretty crazy. Now, Dave, um, when people hear your company name, Enviro Steam Weeding, for some reason when I hear the steam bit, I just think of carpet cleaning. Is there in any way a correlation between the sort of equipment you use to steam clean a carpet and the sort that you can use to actually kill weeds? Well, I can't really speak on behalf of the carpet cleaning, steaming, but I, I would imagine I think they're... They're mainly driven by electricity, um, whereas mine's more of a um, generator-driven boiler that uh, reaches up to temperatures of 120 degrees. So I couldn't imagine using that sort of heat possibly on um, carpet. No, your carpet would just shrivel up and die <laughs> if you put that on there, mate. So the short answer is yeah. no, no, not the same at all. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, exactly. I got you on the show because I came across uh, your company you know, as you do on Instagram, sometimes you end up following someone that followed someone that you already knew. So, uh, and your uh, little business and page popped up, and I, I was, you know, I watched a little video, and I was really interested because this is a topic that a lot of people interested in the gardening world, I think, are really interested in because people are getting more and more conscious about using chemicals on their gardens to get rid of weeds and especially through veggie patches and areas where you're going to consume what you grow. So it's a real groundbreaking sort of product that you're offering, I suppose, to the to the gardening world, which is killing weeds through the use of steam. So tell me how you got the idea, mate, and basically 
how you go about it. Basically, I um, come across the idea because um, as I live down the surf coast, um, which is basically the, the area that I like to service um, with this beam weeding, was um, I sort of come a bit conscious of the idea just because of I know that Roundup, those sort of poisons can be quite toxic to pets and just, you know, pets and children and, you know, playground areas. And I, I knew you could. I knew that you could um, kill weeds with boiling water at 100 degrees. So, and I thought there's got to be a way to, you know. So I just started googling um, what can be done rather than using uh, harmful chemicals, uh, something that's non-toxic. And steam weeding actually came up, and it's there's a company Weed Techniques up in uh, New South Wales that have it's an Australian-made machine designed in Australia as well. And um, they've come up with this brilliant little machine, the Green Ninja. <clears throat> and they've got several others, but the Green Ninja suited my my needs. And it was, um, yeah, I just sort of, after Googling it and seeing what it can do, it was just a, it was really a no-brainer, you know, because I, I just thought it was an absolutely fantastic idea being Australian-made and killing weeds with steam, you know, around waterways, around all sorts of areas that, you know, it, it could be harmful, all these toxic chemicals and spraying and yeah that, that's basically how i come a, come across it yeah well it's um environmentally friendly kid and pet friendly as you said a lot safer than trying to um use fire i guess so how far does your your steam line i suppose how far does your hose go that you can reach um from your from your truck to your areas that you're steaming well um the little green ninja that i've got um it's actually on wheels i mean it's quite it's actually a fairly it sort of fits in a six by four trailer, but it's on wheels. I can get it off if I need to. Um, but it's actually got a sixty meter hose on it. Wow! So it can, which can be added to it as well um, to reach those really hard to get places. Which sixty meters is quite substantial in um, sort of your domestic sort of areas. You can get around the back of the house and um, you know to those hard to reach spots, I suppose. Um, so yeah, look, sixty meters is, is is a great, it's great length really, to be honest. Oh, definitely, you get to most places with that. Hey, Jane, if if you have a look at at his Instagram page, which is what's what's it called there, Mark? Uh, sorry, Mark, uh, Dave. Uh, <laughs> it's called Enviro Weed Steaming. Enviro Weed Steaming. You can see the actual results of what you what happens with these weeds, and it's it's quite amazing because he. You take a, a few good little after shots. What's that? A couple of days after as well, Dave, um, of what happens yeah, to the weeds. So that's um, right. Well, basically, because it's a high temperature, low pressure, you know, it, it actually it has an instant effect on the weed because it sort of kills the kills the cells straight away, and it goes like an iridescent green sort of colour. And then, you know, I reckon by that afternoon, if you did it in the morning, they'd, they'd, be, they'd be sort of a, a blackish sort of colour, a dark colour. And then um, over the next couple of days, they've gone that really sort of hay, you know, that, uh, what would you call it? It's like um, straw. It's called the not happy plant colour, mate. <laughs> the not what... happy plant colour. That's right. <laughs> exactly. I've been doing this in my backyard and the courtyard prior to the weeds getting completely out of control, just using a kettle, which very effective. I was surprised how well it killed the weeds, but very, very time consuming. So what sort of people are getting you to come in and actually do the steam weeding for them? Uh, what sort of people would be? Oh, just I think um, people that are doing a lot of homeschooling actually can't get out at the moment, and um, you know, just just 
there was a few oh, a few elderly sort of elderly sort of people coming out and sort of they just can't get out in the garden down on their hands and knees sort of anymore. Well, you know, it's just hard for them. So it's just easier for me to come around and um, use my so-called weeding wand. Oh, there and, you go. Um, uh, steam those weeds for them. So, you know, and after, if you get them at the right time too, um, they just they just sort of wilter and they just sort of fade into the ground and disappear, dissolve. Yeah, and what about the seeds? Um, so say your weed's already gone to seed, so it's got a seed head on it, and when you steam it, does it have any effect on seeds? It probably doesn't, but um, does it does it do anything to deter them from them popping up, or you just have to go through the normal process of waiting for that seed to then grow? Yeah, I think, as you know, they were sort of, it's a bit hard with the seeds because that could, um, you know, it could probably still go through its normal process, but we try and do what we can and just sort of really get into them and kill them. It's a hard one to say, but I think once the seeds are sort of set in, they, you know, it, it can have some effects, but it's a bit hard to see yeah. what happens with them. Yeah, no, it's, once they've gone ahead, I think seed head, they're, they're, they're pretty much, you've, you've just got to wait and go again once they come you've up. You've got so, to wait. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. There's only, um, there's, a, there's a few more things. I mean, we can use sanitising. So yep. I've um, even cleaned some barbecues recently, and I've cleaned uh, barbecues, bins, uh, decking. Yeah. Um, I actually done my own decking the other day. And how'd that come guilty. up? Oh, come up brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Mine so gets all that. Um, mine gets all in the shady spots, especially underneath trees. It gets all that real um, slimy, slippery stuff. Slimy, so as soon yeah. as it gets a little bit of rain, even just starting, the kids will go hammer and tong out there, and they'll slippery. just be slipping straight over on that stuff. It's yeah, terrible. That, that's right, and that's, a, that's that's quite common, as you'd probably know too, Dale. Yep. The, the other day, I was at a I was at a client's house, and I'm doing around the back of the place on some steam weeding, and it was wet which is another advantage of using steam, actually. You can use it in any sort of weather terrain. Don't have to worry about it running off. Yep. So I was out there back and it was sort of kind of slippery on her, um, on her, on her decking there on the front. And I, was, I sort of mentioned it to her and I gave her a free sample of what it can do and it just it just came off like butter. It was really unbelievable how it came off. It was, yeah, it was really impressive. I Unreal. think that should be up on my Instagram page there. I think I've got a demonstration there. Yep, fantastic. Um, I suppose one of the, the perks of the job, mate, is you'd have um, one of the Christmas uniforms going around that um, have no wrinkles at all. Steam cleaned. Oh, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, Dave, thank you so much. It is the time of year when we all need to really be making sure we keep control of those weeds, else things are going to be very, very scary by the end of winter. Thanks for joining us on The Sport of Gardening. Thank you very much, and you guys have a great day. And if you need anything steam weeded down the surf coast, feel free to reach out and um, contact me for a free quote. That is Dave Mark there from Enviro Steam Weeding. You'll find links to his company and Instagram feed via the show notes to the podcast of this episode of The Sport of Gardening. You're listening to The Sport of Gardening for Cyclone Tools Built to Last a Lifetime. Trojan, tools built tough only at Bunnings Warehouse. And Red Energy, owned by Snowy Hydro, a renewable energy leader.
And thanks for joining us on the Sport of Gardening via podcast or via SEN track right around Australia on a Sunday morning. If you'd like to get any of the details that you've heard mentioned in the show today, jump onto the podcast of the Sport of Gardening. Subscribe, even if you're listening to us on the radio. In the show notes, you'll find all of the details of some of the uh, fantastic people we've spoken to over the last few weeks and some of those companies like uh, Dave's Enviro Steam Weeding that you might even want to get uh, round to your place for a little bit of a hand. Now, Dale, we love our listener questions. Yep. You can send them through via the email feedback at sportofgardening.com.au or via the Instagram. We're just doing it via Dale's because you've got to hang a lot of people following you on Instagram, Dale. And Kate has done that via at Viney D. Kate's in Gosford asking for some, uh, well, I guess a bit of background information about selecting pavers for yeah. the yard. Kate says, we'd like to do a paving job. Not sure about what our budget options are or should we spend a little bit more? Budget's obviously, you know, top of mind for Kate at the moment. Kate's in Gosford. So what would you recommend? Like, how do you go about researching something like Paversdale or do you just sort of work out how much you've got to spend and go backwards from what you can't afford? I think that's not a bad point, Jane, because um, budget is probably the key um, most of the time um, with a lot of people's outdoor sort of uh, renovations. So um, yeah, you start with what you can afford and then figure out what you can get for that basically and, and work backwards, which is a good way to put it. So um, look, pavers is a is a, a big area and it's a, and it's a pretty big spend usually as well because um, they can add up over large square metres. But yeah, concrete pavers are probably your, your main one that people generally use for the DIY and things. So you can actually just lay them on screeded sand or um, you can still put them down with mortar and, and use them in, on driveways and things as well um, on a concrete base. And they're going to look good. They're going to last a long time and they're not going to um, get damaged by cars and all the rest of it. So, uh, But if you want to go to the higher end of things, um, all your natural stone pavers obviously probably look a lot nicer as well. Um, they're a really beautiful product and there's so many more of them available on the market these days because um, a lot of companies uh, are realising the beauty in having natural stone as a paving surface. And um, yeah, it's getting very popular, especially amongst designers um, to have uh, you know crazy pave and also um, nice square and rectangular and, and old sort of French patterns and things are creeping back into the paving world now that uh, and as Nigel Lappin mentioned in yeah, the show the herringbone. herringbone is another <laughs> a big trendy one as well so yeah uh, you just got to find a landscaper with the skills that can um, deliver some of these beautiful patterns with any stone that they're basically working with or concrete paver so um, yeah I'd say stick with your budget and work from that but um, my biggest tip for paving is no matter whether it's concrete um, pavers or natural stone you want to get a, a sealant that's going to um, last a long time and work with the with the load that's going to be on top of it so um, I always recommend um, a penetrating sealer so it's a sealer that absorbs into the paver itself rather than the one that sits on the surface okay, um, yep. and then that way you're not going to have um, car ties and things wearing off the the surface of the the sealant and it's going to last a lot longer. So it costs a bit more money, but it's well worth doing. And would you seal concrete pavers as well? Yeah, definitely. The sealant would be a different sealant to natural stone, but it, you can still get penetrating ones that, that work the same way. Okay. Well, Kate, sounds like 
work your budget out first and go backwards from that. And is it the sort of thing Kate could do herself if she's going to go for, say, just the concrete uh, pavers and, and a screed base? Yeah, definitely. If you're going to use sand to pave onto just for a path or something for a pedestrian foot traffic, then, yeah, anyone can have a crack at it themselves. It's just getting that base right uh, and nice and level and, and you'll be flying. Yes, uh, I did think I was going to pave a whole area myself in my garden once and then paid a professional to do it because it was a hang of a lot of fun, but it was so much more meticulous than I thought. Like, to get that level... Yeah, you don't want to do it uh, with one shoe on, Jane, because it'll be be on the piss. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for being with us on the sport of gardening. Of course, if you want to send Dale a question at Viney D, he loves tips as well via the Instagram. And you can get in touch with us via the email feedback at sportofgardening.com.au. We've done it all thanks to Red Energy, powered by Snowy Hydro, a leader in renewable energy. Switch to Aussie-owned Red Energy today and thanks to Cyclone Tools and Trojan Tools for supporting the show as well. Thanks, Dale. It's been a pleasure. Thanks, Jane. I can't wait to see you again next week. You're listening to The Sport of Gardening with Dale Vine and Jane Neal. This podcast is supported by Red Energy, powered by the mighty Snowy Hydro, a leader in renewable energy. Red is 100% Australian-owned and local. Phone 131 806.